Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Featured Anime Podcast. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm Rick. And today we're talking about Paprika, the movie that uh, you decided to subject us to, which I honestly got to say, I'm not too disappointed in. Yeah, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, not nearly as psychedelic either. More confusing than anything else, uh, if I uh, do say so myself. It was very confusing. I agree. Um, but it reminded me a lot of Inception and what could happen if Inception was animated. True. So this movie actually originally came out in November 2000, uh, 2006. Uh, producers for it were Sony Pictures Entertainment and Cyclone Graphics. Uh, the studio for it was Madhouse, which I am not disappointed with. I'm actually yeah, at a all fan of a fan fan of their work. And then the genres for it were dementia, fantasy, horror, mystery, psychological, sci-fi, thriller. It ran for about an hour and a half, and it was based off of a novel. So the original. Uh, source material for this was a novel, which I did not know about. I didn't either, but you know how you said it was dementia. And when we were talking about it, I I couldn't understand why they chose dementia until I watched it. And it, it, the insanity that is produced when the person in charge doesn't have a firm grasp on reality makes perfect sense why they drew it this way and why it's such a powerful, I'm not even gonna call it message, but why it's such a powerful draw i guess like why it was so basically the people who who were able to remain sane and with logic were unable to fight against someone who disregarded both at the very beginning like when you're first thrown into this movie when you're you're first introduced to the movie you have you have this uh preconception of how it's going to be like this is going to it's going to gradually lead you into whatever this movie is going to be about. And that is not the case by any stretch of the word. In fact, it just throws you right into it, leaving you completely confused. They start on chapter seven and then they they digress back to chapter one. So you're like in the thick of it and you're like, this is so this is how it's yeah. going to be. And then like halfway through, they're like, well, actually, and you're like, oh, OK, I think schizophrenia might be part of this. We, if we were to diagnose schizophrenia or multiple personality disorder or multiple personalities in general might have uh, something to do with this. Oh, most definitely, especially for uh, uh, Chiba or Paprika, rather. I mean, like, depending on which personality you want to go with for her. Yeah. Um, and and at the very end, you could even say the same thing for Konokawa, the captain for the police. Yeah. Even at the very end, yeah. you could say the exact same thing for him. Uh, but it was, it was more controlled than than I would say. because Well, we don't know. I mean, like we never got the full effect for it for him because it while it had him as a character, he wasn't the primary focus of it. 
I was going to say that he wasn't the main character, so we don't get that much backstory for him. He was a prominent character. I will admit he was the focal point for a little bit, but he was only a focal point in the sense of moving the plot or moving the story forward. Now, as far as the story goes, I think a little short three-chapter book could probably go start to finish. There wasn't much filler in this in the sense of like, stalling for time to develop the story but i i get the sense that a lot of story didn't need to happen but was only there to i would say give the creative or artistic staff free range to draw whatever they wanted oh most definitely and yeah it was it was beautifully done i paused it a few times during action scenes to try to as you know to get a weird look or a weird um a spot and I didn't see it. It was very fluid, very well-drawn, vibrant. And uh, you know, they, there was a scene in there where you see just thousands of like dolls, right? Oh yeah. I took a screenshot and I I zoomed in and even the little faces, the little dolls that you're not really going to see have features, attention to detail, let alone color, color scheme, just phenomenal. And that just really speaks to the attention to detail that Madhouse usually does. I mean, like usually when they're when they're behind it, I, I expect a particular quality, at least in terms of animation from them. And now they can't turn out great, great uh, movies or shows or anything else all 100 percent of the time. Well, they're not Studio Ghibli. Yeah, no, not not. They're definitely not <laughs> Studio Ghibli, uh, but. I honestly, I can't really complain too much about it. I mean, like the story was kind of hard to follow and it felt like sometimes it, it really just didn't seem like there was a story. Much like our podcast sometimes. Exactly. We just kind of <laughs> just shoot from the hip and hope for the best, but hey, that works for us. I think it worked here too. It, it did. And I liked that they also really tied in some things back into it or they referred back to what I actually had questions on. It's like, okay, well they stole these devices, right? And the devices were called DC minis, which enable you to basically be a part of the dream of someone else. Inception people. Basically with the exception of not having to have all these tubes and everything hooked up to you. Um, But they, they did reference. It's like, look, there weren't any safeguards put into this when they were stolen. So they it helped build the urgency for it. And then they also got to a point to where they're saying because of the level or the amount of usage you've gotten out of this, or because of the exposure to this, you can be affected without having to sleep. And they actually referred to and discussed why, because the premise, the original premise was set that you didn't, that you had to be asleep for this to work. Yeah. Or at least you had to enter REM yes. or be, be be close to REM. Um, what I found really interesting was they, I don't really know how to put this properly into words. So I'm going to fumble through and hope you get what I understand or what I'm, my meaning. Um, they weren't saying that you inherently need this machine in order to enter someone's dream. The machine was just accessing a portion of your brain that wasn't overworked, I guess. And because of that, you're able to, I I don't know, link in, or maybe this machine 
has some kind of ability to imprint itself into your person, like nanobites and whatnot. I don't know how you would classify the dude who had that on for too long. When he died, his skull was moving. And they're like, oh, it's the DC Mini. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not that his skull was moving. Those little implants or those little things that were sitting on his skull were, I guess it was moving into his head. Yeah, it was like, it was weird. It was it was almost like infection. Like he was being infected by the technology. Probably. I mean, like that. that is the closest thing that you could could come to to actually describe it. And and they do reference like that eventually t- towards the end uh, the when you find out that it's uh, the director of the company, Inu. Hmm. Professor X. Yeah, Professor X. And uh, Osana, In who basically has this really creepy, weird infatuation with uh, Chiba, are the actual yes. main culprits. I got a question for you. Hmm. That dude who's got a weird affiliation to Chiba. How many times did you see him in the movie? Because I didn't think he was a, 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 like a major player until the end. And more, more open, more to the point, when they all go into the dreamland, I thought that the bad guy was the fat dude, but he was skinny because he envisioned himself skinny. So I thought he would have a key player point for this, simply because of one. I've, I've seen uh, Satoshi's movies before. So I had an inkling. However, I kind of thought they would go a little bit of a different direction and not so much uh, Inui being the one that's the bad guy. I, I actually thought that maybe it would end up being Shima, the the old short really? guy. Really? Uh, because yeah. sometimes it it's usually ends up being a twist like that where, where it's not the person you're expecting and you find like later on, I was expecting it to be like, oh, it's actually... You know, he's trying to actually save them and trying to help out. No, and instead it's uh, what I found to be pretty lame is like a old dude that can't walk is basically trying to use this device to take over Osanai to to gain his legs again, to be able to walk again and basically also rule the world because he hates society or he doesn't think society is done justice or 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 could be far better. And he envisions it in yeah, a better it was, way. The motivation seemed very two-dimensional. It, it didn't seem, it didn't fit the usual villain archetype. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, yeah, he was, he was the bad guy and yeah, the boss is uh, usually the bad guy with the guy with all the money, usually the bad guy. But I mean, he was the one that kind of pushed the project to begin with. And his original development for the project was to do a mind transfer. Yep. And all they really accomplished was, hey, instead of transferring your mind, we can transfer your dreams and we can try to understand it. And it was billed as a, I can enter your dream to help you through your shit. Well, I mean, how, how yeah, exactly. They, they really built it up as a, this is something to help out with psychiatric therapy in general. So you have these really high anxiety, these stressful moments or anything else. Your dreams are your way of trying to cope with what's going on. And so by us being able to be a part of that, it will help. Now, in the very beginning, again, uh, I honestly, why I agree with you, why you could also classify this as schizophrenic is because when you see Paprika, the character, character Paprika with Konokawa, it is the actual character and you what you would assume to be paprika in real life, right? 
Yeah. But then you find out that it's not actually how she looks in real life. So they were in a hotel <laughs> and was she like already in a full bodysuit with the wig on or anything, something else like that? Because the eyes are completely different. The hair is obviously different, but you could do that with the wig, but also the body's a little bit different too. Like even the skin tone. I think they did that as a, I don't know, not necessarily as an independent person, but as a separator. So you knew which one was the life and which one wasn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the reason why I bring this up is because remember when Konakawa arrived to the, to the campus or to the science lab or whatever, and he meets Chiba for the first time. Yeah, that was that was hilarious because <laughs> you could tell he super suspects her and you could tell he thinks she's absolutely beautiful. Oh, yeah. And he gives her the side eye. And while he's talking to the gentleman sitting across from him, if you just take what he's saying by itself, it's a whole conversation directed at her to try to get a reaction. And she was just this stone faced I'm here for the business. I am in charge. This is me. Yep. Don't mess with me. I'm not Paprika. It, well, she, it's not even her saying, don't mess with me. I'm not Paprika. It's just, she even turns to him and says, you do know you're having that conversation with him, right? Like, it's like, why are you even talking to me? <laughs> yeah. It's you two talking. Okay. And, but again, this is why I bring it up. They were in the hotel together. Which is why I said, they, like, was she wearing a full bodysuit or something like that? Because no, I think it's more neurologic, neurological. The reason I think it's more neurological is because I, I think she was one hotel room over. Like, if I had to make a guess, and when she's wearing that that headpiece, and you're, let's say, you and I are wearing the headpiece, right? Yeah, my here, psyche. Hang on. She even took off the headpiece off of both of them, and they were sitting on the bed together looking at a computer together of the dream he just had. Hear me out. So she is like, so I'm with you, right? I, in my psyche, is a seven foot five hulking mammoth that makes Arnold Schwarzenegger look like a playpen person from, I don't know, Australia, and I'm from Russia. Okay. Yeah. That's my psyche. And I go to you. We're both have that thing on. My psyche is so prevalent when I'm working. I like, you know how you, when you deal with people, you flip a switch in your head and you're like, you're this person with this group and you're this person with this group. Sometimes it's necessary because of work affiliation or because, you know, childhood friends see you a certain way and won't let you progress past what, you know, they deem you as, but and where you meet people with, you know, you as an adult, you have that adult persona you've got to deal with that can't really doesn't coexist with the childhood friend because with the childhood friend, you can be goofy. You could be, you know, a kid, essentially, no matter how old you get <laughs> very similar to how you and I are. Yeah. But like when I'm at work, I'm not that kid because that's not necessarily acceptable, but people don't. You and I have a very long history. There is a respect there that it goes almost to juvenile idiocy. Oh, like, yeah. I will respect you to the day I die, no matter what you do. And vice versa. You could go streaking and I'll be like, yeah, that's Jack. It is what it is. But if I was to introduce you to my coworkers and we acted the same way, they wouldn't recognize me. So in that same vein, if Paprika or Chiba... Is it Chiba? Chiba? 
Chiba. C-H-I-B-A, Chiba. Chiba. So if Chiba's in front of you, but she's still rocking that persona of paprika, and you're still groggy and waking up, she walks out, even though she just took the headset off, your mind will superimpose that. I imagine, I'm using cartoon logic here, and you'll see paprika until she turns that off. Does that make sense? Uh, it makes sense, but that's quite the stretch because you could even consider that they both took separate showers because they were both. Did they, though? They were both in ropes like they were both dressed. Then they woke up and then they were both in ropes while they were going over the footage. OK, so I will argue with this. He never actually woke up until after she was gone. This is all happening in his head. And she handed him the card that he had taped to his monitor, too. She taped that to his monitor. And it work? was all in his head at his work. At, you know, okay. He left, she left it on the dresser or whatever, but like, I, I would argue that he was still asleep there because how does he go to work, enter a computer website without the device and still enter like REM sleep. It's not Meanwhile, that everyone he's entering REM sleep while he's at work without the device. It's his own psychological way to be able to do it. Now, this is why I said towards the end, while he's able to enter that state of dream, that REM, you don't need to have that device anymore because of everything that's going on. And it's not just him that's affected. It's everyone else that's affected, too. Yeah. yeah everyone who's never even used this thing before. And they, they call they call the, the intruders who are using all these dreams terrorists. And I don't know about you, but. People in this anime seem a little hardier than in real life. You've got that old man who you wanted to be the the hero jump out of what was that? Like a five story window. And yeah, he's pretty banged up, but like he fell into a tree, I guess. I, I don't know, but he survived. He was walking around within six hours. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I mean, like maybe a day or two. I mean, like okay, that's a day or two. That's the thing, though, right? It's like the total perception of time really is kind of lost. Makes because, no sense. Exactly. And I never said I wanted to be, wanted to have that old guy Shima be the hero. I expected that old guy Shima to be the perpetrator. The villain? Yeah, the villain. Oh, okay. Not the hero because... Hero, hero, villain, same, same coin, different side. Yeah, you say potato, I say tomato. Tomato. <laughs> yep. Uh, you say hello, I say goodbye. So, but... The end is where it really just kind of seems like they decided to have a free for all for animation, but also while at the same time, try to have a, a story to really follow. I mean, there's a lot of it that was going on that was really weird, but it was great. I mean, like it was good. I mean, like you had the story that you could follow, but it, it just wasn't really uh, what is it, what I was expecting. Not at all. Now, I would argue that if you were to make this as a standalone movie, this was one therapy session for the police officer where he did have meta, he did have psychological breakthroughs that Paprika did help him with. But at the same time, that was like, even though that was the driving force for the story, I feel like that was the main thing moving the story forward where you could count progression because of how he's acting. It's also a side story to the main plot where you do finally meet the bad guy. Uh, you, you understand who the bad guy is, where you have this horror film of just, just psychological torment 
where Paprika is running and running hard. And then, then it gets to the part I saw where the thing that made me want to watch the whole video is where Paprika is pinned down and the dude who can walk, but is the bad guy. Osana stuck his hand. Osana stuck his hand through her pelvis, worked his way all the way up to her skull and ripped his hand out like he was peeling away layers. And then Chiba's inside Paprika and he pulls her out. And of course there's your gratuitous boob shot, of course, but they did that tastefully. I will admit it wasn't in your face to the point of you're like, wow, this is, this is not what I expected. And I don't want to sit through this. It was done respectively. And it was done. I would say logically, because of course, if you rip somebody out and they're, they're naked as a newborn babe, they're going to have stuff there. They just didn't go out of their way to show it, you know? Yeah. This wasn't a, a movie or show for fan service. It was there when it needed to be there yeah. to help progress the story or for, for you to truly understand what was going on. And that's one of the things I really enjoyed about this movie is that they didn't have things in there for no reason. It was in there for a reason. And it always helped really the progression of it. It related no matter what it, no matter what you saw, it made sense why it was there. Yes. And that was awesome. And when you see this just kerfuffle, just straight up mishmash and mess of a parade going down the street, you don't think, oh, that makes no sense because they explained that's everyone's dream mishmashing together. And like that, all the consciousnesses are becoming one because the one person who has got the device that has access to everything is going crazy. Yeah. And because he's going crazy, the limitation of logic isn't there, which allows the device to basically work in overdrive and encompass people who never even saw the, the, the device to begin with. They start becoming part of this dream world that kind of overlaps into the real world. Now, the, the one thing that kind of, it doesn't irk me so much as it is confusing to me. Who were the bartenders? That is a great question. Why were they the only ones that actually had, uh, it would appear to be a grasp of the situation? Well, it probably has to do with that website that he kept going to. And it's probably his own, the captain's own mental image of them and how they would be in a situation like that. Because those people are real people for that. It is just a website for them, basically a, a meeting room. See, I understand where you're coming from with that, but I was hoping that you would have come to the same conclusion or the same suspicion that I did. That these were not, like that your dream realm actually had people in charge. And these people in charge didn't want to be known. It didn't want to be like, I am the God of the dreams and you're not allowed to do this. They were simply monitors. And when shit got out of control, they're like, all right, we need to step in and fix. And what they did do as minor as it was set in motion, the response, how, you know, how everyone's got their sub, their, 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 their subconscious person, paprika, Chiba has paprika. Maybe just maybe when you put this thing on and you enter your dream space, you're not you. You're not even your own personality. You were assigned a partner, which is why Chiba and Paprika seem to have different opinions a lot of the time. Not just opinions, 
but they had different agendas too. When they're both there, Paprika is like, we got to do this. I need to get this done. Whereas Chiba's like, no, I need to go for love. And then Paprika's like, she's finally following her heart. I'm like, wait, if you're the same person, like, well, what was up? What was good? See, and I don't think it's that she has a guardian or caretaker or anyone else has a guardian or caretaker. It's your own subconscious, your own, you know, personality just trying to fight or or come out and or it's your own way to be able to grasp or understand particular situations. So confusing as hell. Yeah, I was just saying, I think you might be assuming that the, the person already knew the answer subconsciously yes but had to work through it and that that's really close to instinct well exactly and that's actually what paprika kind of insinuates and talks about too with with or not paprika but those two bartenders really taught when they're talking to karakawa that's basically what they're telling him it's like you already know the answers to this in so many words and he does he already knows the answers he already knows everything that's going on it's just a matter of him coming to the terms of it, to it with himself and truly understanding it and him fighting off his fears to truly confront what is happening or what's going on or hit or what has happened. Cause that was one of the things that he always had fought against, or he was dead set against when he first went to that one website with the room for, with paprika, he goes, I don't watch movies. And he was adamant on it. And it's like, no, he has watched movies how he truly is, he loves movies and he loves filming them, the whole science behind them. And they even have a scene before his dream gets interrupted where he's talking about making the movies. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it, when you put it like that, yeah. When you, when you bring it into the perspective that your subconscious already knows what your conscious is trying to get through, where your instinct already knows what you're trying to rationalize. I mean, it's, it's kind of a, I don't know, it's a dangerous way to look at the human psyche. Because if you, if you base something off of this, this, this movie, it's like you already know what you need to do and you already know what needs to be done. You're just fighting it because you don't want to recognize yes. that you, the problem is you. Yep, that's it. I mean, it's definitely psychological. Mm-hmm. It's definitely confusing. Oh, yeah. But I'd watch it again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. Like, it, it is. It's, it's, it's a roller coaster I'd like to go on more than once. Oh, most definitely. And it is, it is a great movie. But, you know, with us coming to that, I think that's a great spot for us to, to lead into a rating. So on a scale of up to 10, sir, how would you rate this? It's not a 10. Like, it hurt my head way too hard to be a 10. <laughs> but it's close. Uh I'm going to give it an eight, a really strong high eight. And the only reason I'm not giving it a nine or a 10 is because it was not the easiest to follow. It had a beginning, it had an end and they were rock solid. But the problem is the beginning didn't show up until damn near the middle of the movie. Exactly. And that's actually why I'm giving it an eight. Oh, perfect. I like it. Okay. So do you have like the animation style off the charts? Clean. On that alone, 10 out of 10. Yes. The the imagination that went into it, it's mind-boggling. I have no idea how people can even think of this stuff, let alone draw it. Oh, it yeah. was psychedelic as all heck. You don't want to take a substance and watch this movie. <laughs> you will be either lost, scared, or something. I don't know. Yeah, something. But 
Yeah. So my mine's an eight and yours is also an eight. Same reasoning. Same reasoning. Okay. Well, I mean, it's not too often we agree. Yeah. Especially on such, I would say, outlandish material. Oh, yeah. But, you know, when it's good, we, hey, re- real recognize real, yo. All right. Real recognize real. <laughs> real recognize real. I like it. Maybe that'll be on the, the, the tagline paprika, real recognize real, because that works on multiple levels. If you think about it. Oh, yeah. Because I didn't recognize what was real for a long time when this movie, even at the end, I'm like, are they still asleep? Yeah. <laughs> are they still asleep? Oh, yeah. Oh, and I'm super happy they didn't end it with him waking up and realizing it was all a dream. Oh, me too. Because I think that would, have, that would have cheapened the whole experience, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I am. I'm right there with you. All right. I believe uh, next week's your choice, isn't it? It is. And I'm actually going to take the advice of someone and we're going to watch Ajin Demi Human. Oh, yes. It's a, if I ask whose advice? It's a, one of our listeners. They just sent a message saying, hey, you should check out Ajin through email. They reached out through email saying you should watch Ajin Demi Human. It's a great series. At least season one. So that's what we're going to watch season one because there are two seasons and it's actually on Netflix. Oh, okay. Interesting. That means we might be able to see it in dub and sub. Which one are we going to watch it? Do you think? Uh, I'm going to watch it subbed, but that's my personal preference. Whatever you want to watch it in is up to you. I think I'm going to watch it dubbed with the subtitles on to see if I notice any difference. All right. Sounds good. I will inevitably, but I wonder how far apart it's going to be, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. I hope you enjoyed this week's uh, choice. Uh, If you have any recommendations on what you feel like we should watch, or if you want to join us in a conversation about what we have watched, what we are watching, or anything else, feel free to join us in our Discord. You could also reach out to us on FeaturedAnimePodcast at gmail.com, FeaturedAnimePodcast on Facebook, at Those Anime Guys on Twitter. We're available on all those. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, go ahead and leave a comment. I'd be happy to respond to you on there. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you are. And if you can, just go ahead and leave us a rating. It helps us out a lot. And until next time, I'm Jack. (laughs) And I'm Rick. We'll see you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm-hmm.